If you teach elementary music in some capacity, whether it's in a classroom, at your local community music school on Saturday mornings, in a private studio, or in a children's choir, you know the importance of singing to introduce, experience, and learn musical concepts. So what do you do with a child who's having trouble finding their singing voice? Let me preface this conversation by just saying, everyone is born with some level of music aptitude or potential to succeed in music. According to music researcher Edwin Gordon, this aptitude can increase or decrease between birth and age seven based on musical exposure and experience. In a research article in General Music Today, music education professor Lily Levinowitz wrote, The vocal range is remarkably wide from birth. Infants can imitate and experiment with their vocal instruments and even match pitch as early as three to four months of age. Purposeful singing can begin at around 12 months. At this time, adults can recognize snippets of songs to which youngsters have been exposed. Through continued exposure to spoken chant, songs, and vocal play, young children can develop the use of their singing voices during the remaining early childhood years. End quote. The author noted that by kindergarten or first grade, many children are able to sing familiar songs, engage in musical play, and make up their own songs to go with experiences that they might have. However, many children are not able to do this. According to church musician and educator Helen Kemp, 17% of children may need help finding their singing voices. 17%. These are the children who often sing with a very limited range or default to chanting low in the voice instead of actually singing and maybe have trouble matching pitch. Have you encountered this in your teaching? I want to reiterate that this does not indicate a lack of skill or potential, it's just simply a lack of experience and vocal development. Like other areas of early childhood development, musical development takes time and requires a sequence of meaningful experiences, including listening to music and responding to it through singing and movement. Some children simply need a little more help and guidance to discover and develop their singing voice. Before we get into teaching strategies and approaches, though, there are a few important things to check first. Is the music you're singing in an appropriate range? Remember that children's voices are higher than our voices as adults, so make sure that the key that you're singing in isn't too low for them to sing comfortably and without vocal strain. Is the child able to access his or her head voice? Can they demonstrate a vocal siren that goes up into their high register? And the third question to ask is, is the vocal demonstration, whether it's your own vocal model or a recording that you're using, clear and light? Ideally, the vocal model should be presented a cappella without the distraction of a keyboard or piano or any kind of accompaniment and without a lot of vibrato. If you can answer yes to all of these questions, you're singing in an appropriate range, the child is able to access their head voice, and the vocal model is clear and light, then you're ready to dive into some helpful teaching approaches. 
Today, I'm sharing six practical strategies for helping children discover their singing voices and learn to sing in tune. I'm Ashley Danu, and you're listening to Field Notes on Music Teaching and Learning. Writing field notes is a way of documenting and processing what we see in the world. This podcast is a collection of creative ideas, practical strategies, and thoughtful observations from the field of music teaching and learning. Here, you'll find creative and pedagogically sound teaching tips, fresh new approaches you can use in your teaching, and insight into a few tried and true systems and creative processes designed to help you do your best work. Let's get started. The first teaching strategy is to create opportunities for vocal exploration. This is a great warm-up activity for an elementary music class or choir rehearsal, but it's also a fun way to reinforce high versus low, loud versus soft, long versus short, and other musical comparisons in a group class that you might have with your studio. Vocal exploration is a great way to encourage new singers to experience what their voice can do and experiment with different types of sounds. Spend a minute reviewing the four voices. We have the speaking voice, the singing voice, the whispering voice, and the shouting voice. Then take some time to create vocal sound effects that span the entire vocal range. Sirens, slides, animal sounds. Make a sound and have the children echo you. Have children respond vocally to a series of shapes or squiggly lines. You could think of these as roller coasters or sledding hills. I'll share a fun video example in the show notes so you can see how to do that. You can also use rhythmic chants to explore the voice, speaking with lots of inflection. For those of you who direct a children's choir, I have a blog post on how to develop children's singing voices in choir with a few more ideas that are specific to that environment. Look for the link to that in the show notes. The second teaching strategy is to give children an opportunity to sing alone and with others. Not only is this helpful for assessment, but it also helps children learn how to control and manipulate their voices and develop some personal awareness. Use a simple hello or welcome song like Hickety Pickety Bumblebee that invites a solo response from each child. For those that are struggling with pitch, give them an opportunity to listen to themselves by using a wind whistle tube. You could use a PVC pipe that's curved around or even just using your cupped hand, holding it up to your ear and down to your mouth. This way they can hear themselves a little bit more. If you're in a group environment, sometimes it can be hard to hear your own voice. This is especially useful for more timid singers, and the children don't even need to know what the wind whistle is for. It's likely that other children will want to try it too after they see it being used. This is great because it keeps one child from feeling singled out. You always want to create a safe, supportive environment and not make a child feel insecure about trying and exploring their singing voice as it develops. The third strategy is to use call and response, songs or games. This is another great way to help children develop awareness and build their listening skills and musical independence. Use a simple call and response song at the beginning of your class or rehearsal, 
or as a change of pace activity somewhere in the middle. Have the children echo you as a group, and then try having smaller groups or individuals respond. If you're looking for some repertoire ideas, I put together a list of 40 call and response songs on my blog a few years ago. Look for the link to that list in the show notes. So we've talked about vocal exploration, singing alone and with others, and using call and response songs or games. The next strategy is to meet the child where they are and actually match their pitch. So if you find that a child echoes back in a key that's different from yours, try simply matching their pitch and echoing back again in their key. This will give them an opportunity to hear and feel what it's like to sing in unison with another voice. This can be useful for children who are capable of singing the correct intervals, they're singing the pattern correctly, but they may still be struggling with actual pitch matching. Now, once you've matched the child's pitch and repeated the pattern with them, try moving the pattern up by a half step and seeing if they can echo you. The fifth teaching strategy is to position a child who's struggling with their pitch in between children who are strong singers. This is a pretty simple tip, but sometimes the simplest things are the best, right? First, identify the strongest, most capable singers in your group, those who are leaders and simply seat them next to someone who's a little bit more insecure or struggling to stay on pitch. As always, encourage your group to listen to those around them. If you have two strong singers and two who are struggling, consider seating them towards the middle of the group and just alternating them. Or you could try seating them in pairs, one stronger singer with one who is struggling in different sections of the group or the class. Experiment. Try it a few different ways and decide what will work best for your students. The final teaching strategy for helping children discover their singing voices is to cultivate listening skills and musical development. It's important to keep encouraging children to explore their singing voice. Maybe this goes without saying, but a child should never be made to feel insecure about their singing voice or discouraged by their progress. Musical development is a process and it takes a little bit of time. So keep looking for new and creative ways to cultivate your students' listening skills and help them continue developing musicianship. If you're looking for ideas around that, go back and listen to episode 12, how to develop musicianship skills in those you teach. I'll include a link to that in the show notes. So to summarize, the six teaching strategies are encourage vocal exploration, give children an opportunity to sing alone and with others, use call and response songs and games, match a child's pitch for solo singing, seat a child who's struggling to stay on pitch in between strong singers, and cultivate listening skills and musical development. I hope these teaching strategies are helpful to you as you plan and prepare for group classes and rehearsals this year. What are your favorite strategies for helping a child discover their singing voice? I'd love to hear your ideas. Thanks so much for listening today. 
For written notes, related links, and more information on today's topic, visit ashleydanu.com slash fieldnotes. You can find me on Instagram at ashleydanu. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean so much if you'd subscribe and leave a review in Apple Podcasts. This will help others discover this content in the future. Plus, I'd love to hear what you like about the show and if there's anything specific you'd like to hear in the future. Again, thanks so much for tuning in today. See you next time.